Welcome to Gateway's Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from one of our pastors. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Nick, and I'm a student pastor here at Gateway. And it's been so fun during this Family Worship Sunday uh, just to see these kids, these teenagers, these students up here on the stage and our announcements, taking up offering, all these different things. And just like Jeff said earlier, uh, the reason we're doing this is because we believe in families. Uh, we at Gateway care about the next generation. We want to pass on the gospel to your children, to these teenagers, um, and these elementary school, all the way down to preschool. And we live, in, and we, live we breathe for that. Um, for me and Jeff and, and all of our pastoral staff, that is a huge, huge, huge part of what we do. And as we wrap up this Family Worship Sunday, I just want to real briefly uh, talk a little bit about parenting, talk a little bit about uh, discipling the next generation. And what I hope is, um, I want to give you guys some hope in simplicity. Uh, just a little bit of hope in simplicity. And so, like I said, I'm the student pastor here, which simply means um, I, I, I actively disciple and lead a, a, lead a team of, of life group leaders who disciple 6th through 12th grade students. And so we meet for gatherings. We have life groups, just like adult life groups. We do all these things so that we can teach the gospel, teach the Bible, teach truth to this next generation. But the reality of it as well is that my profession, uh, what I do for a living, is also uh, most people's worst nightmare. You know what I mean? Uh, some people could not imagine meeting with the next generation to sitting down with 13, 14-year-olds. And I got a lot of friends and a lot of adults and a lot of parents and a lot of different people who look at me and they usually, they, they usually frame the question this way. It's, hey, what is going on with this next generation? What is going on with the teenagers today? And, and I got friends who are hiring teenagers out of, or students out of college. And I got friends who are new parents who are, who are like a little older than me. They got teenagers coming in. They're like, I don't know what's going on. And, and the only answer I have, the only kind of direction I give it's just that, hey, the world that these teenagers are growing up in today is just a completely different world than we grew up in. Uh, when I was in high school, I'm, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm 31 years old, so you know, back in, back in the late uh, aughts, the late 2000s, I was coming through high school, and it, was, it, was, it is, it's just a completely different world. And a lot of that's due to technology, these things called phones, this thing called Wi-Fi, and I have a good time down in our student ministry building making jokes just like Pastor Don did about how, uh, hey, you guys don't know what a phone book is. And hey, teenagers today don't know what dial-up internet is. And they don't know what it's like to have a phone that flips and how good it feels to like snap a phone shut when you want to hang up on somebody. Like they don't, they don't understand that this was just a different time. But, but if, I have, if I could take one thing that teenagers have today and instill it into my high school experience, it would be this thing called Apple Maps. Hands down, without a doubt, I use Google Maps actually because I prefer green text, but if I, could, if I could bring one thing back to when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, it would be this thing called Apple Maps where you could put an address in your phone and it will take you street by street where you're supposed to go. It'll avoid you where cops are, which would have been nice when I was 16. And it will tell you exactly down to the minute and slash challenge you on when you are going to get where you're going. You know what I mean? Um, my father, when I was growing up, I remember 
I turned 15 and a half, which I think is still the same today at South Carolina. When you're 15 and a half, you can start driving without a parent in the car. And I remember that first summer I started driving. I drove around a 2001 Chevy S10. I was 15 and a half. I thought like I'd arrived, you know what I mean? And I was like, this is it. I'm an adult. I'm a man. I got this. And so I remember that first summer I was driving. I was coming back from a student ministry event. I think it was a student ministry camp or something like that. And I left the car at the church and my family, I was coming home to an empty house. My family was down in Mount Pleasant. They're down in Charleston. And my dad had given me this rule or he'd given me directions. He said, okay, what you're going to do when you get back from camp, you're going to go home, unpack, repack, whatever. And what we want you to do is hop in your car, hop in the truck. And we want you to meet us down in Charleston when you get back. Now, if you know about this time, I had a flip phone. There was no such thing as Apple Maps. My father believed in this thing called MapQuest, okay? So that was his thing. But, but my father did not believe in clicking print. He didn't believe in wasting ink on this. What he would do is he would take the little kitchen notes like on the fridge type thing, and he would write down the directions step by step for how to get where you are to where you want to go, right? But also, caveat, he wrote down the directions that made sense to him, right? And so he would write this stuff out and he would say, okay, Nick, son, uh, you're 15 and a half, you're gonna meet us in Mount Pleasant. My mom didn't feel good about it, but I was like, I got this. And he wrote down the directions on a notepad and he said, grab those, it'll get you to where you wanna go. And I thought, okay, I'm a man, I'm 15 and a half, I got this, right? And so I got home, did the thing, hopped in the Chevy S10, and I'm from Columbia, right? So as a 15 and a half year old, 77, 20, 26, I-26, these things mean nothing to me. Like I have no idea, I don't know what's going on. And I just remember the directions my dad wrote down were something like this, like hop on the second 26 exit and drive till you see signs for Charleston. Like that's what he wrote down. And I thought, okay, easy, got this. I'm on 26, I'm blasting my music, I'm having a great time, and I'm just driving and I'm following my father's directions. I'm gonna drive till I see signs for Charleston or something like that. And so I was driving, having a grand old time, and as you can probably tell, I started seeing signs for Spartanburg. And, and I was driving and I thought to myself, huh, this doesn't, I don't, you know, I'm not the most map sensitive person in the world. I'm, I'm, you know, but I'm following my dad's direction. Surely I'm going to get where I'm going. And then I saw the sign that said, welcome to North Carolina. And I had, and as you can tell, I was heading on 26 West and I should have been on East the entire time. Right. So I opened my flip phone, called my dad, my mom's like, ah, you know, and the story is I got to Charleston way later than I was supposed to. And my father, of course, says, I wrote the directions down. How could you have gotten that wrong? And I was like, all it said was get on interstate. I don't understand. And so that is a silly story. But in some ways, it sums up what keeps me up at night as a parent. Because when I was 15 and a half and I was driving, I thought I was going the right way. I made it very far. I went hundreds of miles in the wrong direction. But at the end of the day, I ended up somewhere I didn't want to be. And the thing that keeps me up at night as a parent is this nagging little thought, this little fear, this anxiety in the back of my head that is just wondering to myself, I got 18 years with these little people, right? And am I gonna be really busy? We're gonna do a lot, we're gonna go a lot of places, we're gonna do a lot of things, but at the end of the day, 
Am I going to get where I want them to be? Am I going to arrive at the destination that I pray for them for, that I'm seeking, that I want for them? And we, we live in a culture today, and you guys know this, and we all feel it, where, man, we are busy. There's a lot of things that take our time. There's a lot of things that take our attention. And the hope I want to give us this morning is that there is a lot of beauty and there is a lot of hope in simplification. And I want to read you guys just a, a passage of verses that I didn't really understand until I did become a parent. And here's, here's, what Jesus, here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. You've probably heard it before, but I want to read it. He said, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body or to what you will put on. Is, li is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? <clears throat> Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown to the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care about will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. One of the phrases I've used when talking about parenting um, is this phrase called the tyranny of the urgent. And so as a father of a two and a half year old and as a half year old, um, not even one yet, Gus and Louie, one thing I've learned truly is just this thing called the tyranny of the urgent where it always feels like there's something next to do. It always feels like, oh man, they're out of diapers and now we gotta train them to do this or, or man, now I got two kids and it's always this next big thing. The other thing I'm learning a lot as a parent right now is this idea that I like to call parent math, right? This is, and this is what parent math is. And if you're a parent, I think you'll get it. When I was in the hospital when Gus and Lou were born, it felt like when they were born, when they came to this earth, that somebody flipped an hourglass over and it felt like there was 18 years of sand worth in that hourglass. And when, I, when it first, you know, when the hourglass first flipped and Gus, I was like, all right, I got 18 years with this kid, 18 years to do it, I got to do it, makes sense. And it feels like in the blink of an eye that now Gus is almost three in March and that 18 years is slowly creeping down to 15 years. Not only about you, but 15 and 18 feels a whole lot different. Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Lloyd up here, if you want, you know, one of the things I jab at him about all the time, I'm like, hey. Bella's getting into high school. You're down into the one hand in your parent math. And he's like, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to think about it. Don't want to even, don't want to, don't want the thought to even enter my mind. And with this thing called parent math, I'm realizing how easy it is to lose focus, how quickly the years go by, and that there's all these things that want to take our time, take our attention. And when I lay my head down at night, I just have these nagging fears and anxieties sometimes 
of am I taking my kids in the right direction? And here's what Jesus had to say about all that, that yes, there's a lot of things to worry about. Yes, there's all these things to have anxiety over. Yes, there's all these things that can take our attention in different ways, but stay focused above all else. Stay focused on the kingdom of God and chasing after his righteousness. I understand that as a young parent of a a two and not even a one year old, that there are so many things that want to take my attention, that there are so many different directions we can go, but there's all these different parenting styles nowadays, but there's all these different types of discipline and activities and all these different things. But the simplification of the gospel and the beauty of the words of Jesus is that, yes, there's all these things that can take our attention. Yes, there's all these things that we can worry about. But here's what I want you to stay focused on. Stay focused on Jesus and stay focused on moving your kids closer and closer to him. So why do we do this thing called Family Sunday? And why do we have student ministries and kids ministries? And and why do we care so much about the next generation? Because even though these teenagers today are living in a completely different world, that yes, it's it's a different world. Yes, anxiety levels have spiked. Yes, you turn on the news and you see some crazy things. But the answer to this new world these teenagers are coming up in, and the answer for my generation, the answer for your generation, the answer for all these generations, it's simply this, it, it always has and always will be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is a simple message, but it's a beautiful message. And Romans 8 says this, Paul says, we have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. I need reminding of this gospel message. I need reminding daily of the fact that what Jesus did for me is that while I was a sinner, while I was separated from God, while I did not trust in God, while I was off doing my own things, what Jesus did was he stepped down on this earth, he lived a perfect life, he hung on the cross, and he paid a debt that I could never pay. And he took a punishment that I deserved. And now I don't live with a spirit of fear, I don't live with a spirit of worry, of anxiety, but I come to God and I say, hey, I'm adopted in the family of God and I can cry out to him and I can come to God with all of my stress, all of my worry, all of my fear. And even though there's a lot of stuff going on around me, I can confidently look at God and say, if I stay fixed on you, I know I'm moving in the right direction. So we gather as a church knowing that there's a lot of things that can take our time. There's a lot of things that can take our attention. But we gather together as students, as kids and as adults, recognizing that what we are gonna move towards is Jesus each and every day. And what we're gonna move towards is his righteousness each and every day for our teenagers, our elementary school kids, and for our adults. Our goal as a church is let's keep moving closer and closer to Jesus. Would you pray with me?